Morning, everyone. It's an absolute privilege to be speaking to you today and continue our journey through the Psalms. It has been so good, uh, hasn't it, so far? And today we're going to chew on a classic, the most well-known psalm in the Bible, and probably one of the most well-known passages of Scripture uh, in the Bible. It's Psalm 23. Some of you may know this one off by heart. If not, grab a Bible and let's get started. So we're reading from the New International Version. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. The psalm, which was written by David, who was a shepherd in his youth, is such a wonderful, uplifting, comforting bit of scripture, which is probably why it's so widely used at weddings, at funerals, um, and so well known by everyone, whether you're Christian or, or not. And it's a psalm that is so easy to understand, and it clearly describes and beautifully outlines the way that God looks after us, how God is in terms of his relationship. He perfectly cares for us, guides us, protects us, and then where we are headed ultimately. John, when he was helping me prepare for this this morning, he did suggest I listen to uh, a preach or, or some preaching from someone called John Piper, who's a teacher and pastor based in the United States. And and so I listened to his preach on this psalm and something that he said so rang true with me. um, It really helped me understand why I so appreciate this psalm. So I wanted to share it with you too. So John Piper says, to recite it was also to experience its reality. The psalm itself was green pasture. The psalm itself was still water. The psalm itself restores my soul. Day by day, I lived it, I ate it, I drank it in. And sure enough, in every situation it came true, the Lord was my shepherd and I do not want. It's fantastic. Now in this time, 2020, the year that has changed almost everything for us. This psalm and what it promises, what it reveals to us, some might say this is gold dust in this time. And maybe like John Piper, you are familiar, you've experienced uh, the truth of this psalm in the way that he described. But maybe you don't know the Lord as your shepherd. Maybe you've never experienced those green pastures where your soul has been restored. 
Or maybe you did know the Lord as your shepherd once upon a time, but actually that relationship has changed and you can no longer say you know that kind of intimacy with your Lord. So if that is you, I am so glad you're watching this this morning because that can completely change for you today. So do stay with me. Now, as I was preparing for this, I really felt God kept impressing on me one thing. And it was, Sally, the key question here is, who is your shepherd? Who are you following? David in the psalm, from the get-go, from verse number one, he's completely clear. He knows in his heart, 100%, the Lord is my shepherd. For him, it's a statement of fact. It's truth. He's not wavering on that at all. And for us today, We know the Lord that's described to be Jesus, who in the New Testament many times is described as the good shepherd. In fact, in John 10 verse 11, Jesus himself says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. In Hebrews 13 verse 20, Jesus is described as the great shepherd of the sheep. And this illustration that is so famously used in Psalm 23 of a sheep and shepherd is used quite a few times in the Bible when these scriptures were written. It was something that was very, very familiar to everyone around them. Shepherd, uh, being a shepherd was a common job to have. It was a role. You probably knew a shepherd. Um, It was very common. And David, as I've mentioned, was a shepherd in his early years. And so he wrote of his experience in this psalm. And he, we get the impression he was a pretty good one. He was bold, brave, fairly skilled and smart. And he knew exactly what to do to keep uh, his flock safe. And in fact, he demonstrates that, uh, those qualities when he slays Goliath, which is another very famous story in the Bible. The shepherds I've seen in my lifetime have mostly been small children with tea towels on their heads in the nativity play. I have seen one or two real ones whizzing around the fells in the Lake District on quad bikes. But actually, generally speaking, for us in the Western world in 2020, we don't come across many shepherds. But a good shepherd is one that provides for, cares for, guides and protects his or her sheep. And when the sheep are under threat from predators, back in David's day, it was a dangerous job. In Samuel 17, that's in the Old Testament, David is talking to Saul, who's the king at the time, and he's trying to convince him that he has the skill and the bravery to slay Goliath. Goliath was the one, the Philistine, who was threatening and ridiculing God's people. And David says to Saul, your servant, i.e. me, your servant, has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. 
Now, of course, David at this time, he's full of bravado. He's probably exaggerating a little bit. Um, he's really selling himself to Saul to try and convince Saul that he is the right man for the job, despite his youth and maybe his stature to uh, slay Goliath. And David knew as a shepherd that the responsibility of looking after his dad's flock was really critical. It was their livelihood as a household and it was a very serious business. And sometimes that meant he had to put his life on the line, as he described to Saul. When Jesus described himself as the good shepherd, he knew he would also do just that. The disciples and the many who were gathered listening to Jesus at the time would totally understand what it means for someone to be a good shepherd, but they had no idea that this man who was talking to them then, Jesus, would lay his life down for them. They didn't know Jesus would be the ultimate sacrifice, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Psalm 23 for us now, makes no sense to us at all if we divorce it from that truth of Jesus's ultimate sacrifice for us. We can only really say the Lord is my shepherd and follow him if we understand, accept and surrender to that truth. And we can only lay down in green pastures and receive the restoration of our souls because Jesus laid down his life for us on the cross. As it says in 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7, for Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Because he first became the sheep, which was slaughtered in our place, we can sing Psalm 23. We can experience the relationship that's described, the love, the care, the peace, the final destination of living in the house of the Lord forever, no matter what the journey. So if Psalm 23 is going to be a reality for you, you've got to honestly answer that question. Who is your shepherd? Who are you following? And in my opinion, that's probably the most important question you will answer. And if your answer is the Lord is my shepherd, then you too can know and experience the incredible life-changing reality of Psalm 23, living it and not just reading it. If you haven't got an answer to that question, you can simply ask Jesus to be your shepherd, your Lord. It's not a difficult thing to do at all. And you can do that this morning if you really wish to. And after this meeting, after this meeting, after this talk that I'm doing now, John will tell you a little later how you can talk to someone about this. So to live it, you not only need to know who your shepherd is, but also you need to follow him. Uh, not wander off, not sort of go on a diverted route or your own way. If you follow him, then the truth of the psalm is your truth. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. Many of you listening to this right now might think, ah, that is just absolutely what I need. 
And I don't know about you, but during this period of lockdown, I've done a lot of walking in the countryside. It's something I do daily anyway. We've got a dog and he requires a good walk daily, regardless of the weather. But uh, since lockdown, I've been exploring all sorts of new places, finding out new parts of the Chiltern Hills that I didn't know were there. And I've really appreciated, again, in a fresh way, the nature around me, the simplicity of it. And of course, the weather has been stunning, hasn't it? It's been fantastic. And I know that Many of you have actually done the same thing because I've seen a lot of what you've been posting on social media and what have you. And and the picture that David paints of lying in green pastures, the sound of a stream nearby, just lying there with the warmth of the sun, the restoration of our soul. This is at times and actually more often than we think exactly what we need for some of us lockdown has forced us to slow down. And that's been one of the benefits for many of us of this unprecedented time. And David in the psalm says, he makes me lie down. He makes me rest with him, in other words, because the shepherd knows exactly what the sheep need, what we need. We need that time with him in a place of peace where we can lie down and allow him to restore our souls. Lie down is surrender. It's a place of rest where we can soak up all that our shepherd has for us. We can listen and we can receive. And I totally relate to what David is saying when he says, he makes me lie down. Many of us don't automatically lie down, do we, or or surrender. It's not something that comes naturally. When things are tough, challenging, stressful, we often do the the last thing we think about is is lying down with our saviour, if we're honest. That's the last thing on our minds. We're usually running around trying to fix it, whatever it is, or maybe we are running away from facing whatever the challenge might be, or we're we're ignoring, or we're trying to try and block out something that might be really painful or, or difficult. And often we're also operating in our own strength. Sometimes we are so busy trying to live life, trying to run our race, that we completely forget about the author and the perfecter of it all. We just don't check in with the shepherd at all who is trying to guide us. Sometimes we don't hear him gently saying, Sally, stop. Just lie down in the green pastures. Just relax. I've prepared this for you beside quiet waters. Stay there with me so I can restore your soul. And this is what the psalm is all about. It's all about our relationship with our shepherd, being with him and willingly following him wherever he does take us. And sometimes he can take us somewhere where we don't really want to go or he might take us or lead us somewhere that we didn't even consider or think might be in our pathway. But it's all about trusting the good shepherd that he will lead us and guide us for his 
name's sake and for our best. As verse 4 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Wherever the shepherd takes us, we need not fear because he is with us. And during this series that we've done on the Psalms, we've been looking at all sorts of issues. For example, Rich Horn looked at fear. He talked about it and he dug deeply into Psalm 3. And whatever we're experiencing while we walk through the valley, the shepherd promises to be with us all the way, guiding, sometimes correcting us, that's the rod, and providing comfort, that is the staff. And in some ways, this psalm brilliantly sums up the whole package. I mentioned Richard spoke about fear, but also uh, we've, we've heard from Nicola all about loneliness. John talked about doubt. Ron Lamb was talking about tears. Francis dealing with despair. And last week, Neil talking about our guilt. All really challenging, honest, frank and encouraging talks, all still there on the King's website to listen to whenever you wish to. But all the kind of things that you experience in the valley when we go through the valley. And in Psalm 23, it says that we will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say you may walk, you may go in the wrong direction there. It says we will walk through the valley. It is something that we will experience. But the point is, when we do, we are not alone and there is no need to fear because your shepherd is with you and has everything you need to come out the other side of the valley victorious, but also with your soul restored. Isn't that just fantastic? And looking at the final third of this psalm, It just gets better and better. Verse five and verse six. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Whatever is ahead for us, even in the face of our enemies, the Lord, our shepherd, has every single detail prepared for us, everything we need so that we can be in a place of victory, however that looks. Basically, we shall not want. Everything we need is there. And this is where the psalm gets personal as well, because it's no longer he prepares a table before me, but actually David is now saying, you prepare It's all about the personal relationship. And for David, he had a lot of enemies in his lifetime. He knew what it was to be under fire, but he also knew and trusted in his shepherd who had prepared a banquet, a table for him. And in the culture of David's time, hosts of a banquet were expected to protect their guests at all costs. Also, it was customary to anoint a person's head with fragrant lotion, which was seen as a beautiful 
um, expensive blessing. And in this psalm, it says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. That's the promise to us in this psalm. And not only that, it says, your goodness and loving kindness will follow me, chase after me all the days of my life. I'm sure this line from Psalm 23 is what inspired the words of a great worship song that I just love at the moment, which we sing here at King's on occasion. It's called Reckless by Corey Asbury. And if I just read a bit of it out, because I just think it describes so well, you know, your your goodness chasing after me or your goodness following me as is written in this psalm. So in the, in the worship song, it says, Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. It also then goes on to say, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. It's a great song. Look it up and sing it. And it's all about a shepherd. It sounds like a shepherd, doesn't it, in that song? And you really know that truth in your heart Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. If you really know that truth in your heart, it is completely life changing. It will transform you. And no matter what you're dealing with, experiencing or struggling with in the valley, goodness and love is chasing after you, is following you. In Psalm 139, also written by David, It describes this really well there as well. It says, where can I go from your spirit? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Amazing truth. And then the wonderful final conclusion of this psalm. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wow, that's the bit that blows me away. I mean, it's all magnificent, but this last line just blows me away. It's an incredible statement. And it's, it's something that I don't believe we fully grasp or we will fully grasp until we really get there or experience it for ourselves. Those of us who've chosen the Lord to be our shepherd That is our end destination. The house of the Lord forever. There is no better place. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 5 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. It is beyond our imagination or our human understanding. It's better than anything Hollywood has ever tried to come up with in a movie. And sadly, many of us have lost loved ones this year in 2020. It has, to hear some of the stories, um, I work for BBC News and sometimes I have to read the stories. 
it's been truly tragic and heartbreaking to hear some of the stories that have have become people's stories this year. But for those who know the Lord, for those who follow Jesus, the Good Shepherd, we have the wonderful comfort that they are in the house of the Lord forever. As the famous evangelist Billy Graham put it, when you read that Billy Graham is dead, don't believe a word of it. I have just simply changed address. Because our good shepherd was the ultimate sacrifice, the Lamb of God, who was nailed to a cross, who bore all our sin and shame. Because of that reality, Psalm 23 is our reality. And the ending is the most glorious ending of all. We will dwell with him in his house forever and ever. Amen. So I'm now going to end by asking you some questions and please think about them and answer them honestly. And afterwards, if you would like to reach out and discuss this further, we would really love to connect with you. And as I've already mentioned, John will explain how you can do that in just a few minutes time. So here are the questions. Who is your shepherd? Who are you following? Where are you going? And what is the state of your soul? Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And um, I really hope and pray you have a very peaceful day today. And may we now worship our God one more time before we end this meeting.